right person won. I like the finish. Yeah. I like. Obviously, it was a bit of a come down from the match we just had, but yeah, I didn't. Know, I didn't mind it. Didn't hate it. Didn't think it was that bad. But I can see where you're coming from, Jay. Oh, good. For yeah, once, for it. once, he agrees with me. <laughs> right, now shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the intro. Welcome back, everybody, to Three Men or One Fall. One Fall. One Fall. We are another pro wrestling podcast by the fans for the fans. So, who are the three men? Well, I'm Jake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Ash. And I am Russ. Hello. 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 <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. So, in this one today, we will be reviewing the latest explosive pay per view from Impact Wrestling. Hard to Kill 2021, and what a pay-per-view it was. Yeah, we're going to talk about that today. And let's let's talk about the seismic shift here on 3Men 1-4 with the, a new open from Jay. I mean, it's all kicking off in 2021. You just don't know what to expect this year, do you? So, well, this is it. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> you never know. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you what, You never. You know, might, next time you might actually get an in- intro from Ashley. So, I mean, miracles well, can well, happen. Well, calm down. Let's not get too One far ahead. D- <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is, um, yeah, look, really looking forward to, to going through this one. So, as you say, Impact Wrestling's first pay per view of the year. And it marked the, I suppose, the beginning of this new cross promotional era, at least between Impact and AEW. Kenny Omega and his first appearance actually on Impact. So, yeah, this was a, a real kind of monumental show, really. Yeah. Yeah, I was really looking forward to seeing this. Um, it's probably the only Impact Wrestling pay-per-view I've watched all the way through since, like, 2006. <laughs> mm. But, yeah, I was really looking forward to this. Not just for Kenny Omega, but, um, yeah, just in general. The card looked really interesting. Um, and I was really looking forward to seeing it. And it didn't disappoint. No. No, it didn't, to be fair. But we're going to break it all down now. Uh, my, voice broke, but my voice broke down a little bit then as well. <laughs> we're, go- <laughs> we're going to break it down. Um, break down! <laughs> Bit of break we'll, break, break it down. <laughs> we'll go back match by match, and I suppose we'll we'll just sort of talk about some of the, the key things from each each bit, how it's sort of built up over the night, and yeah, I suppose our, our thoughts on the show overall at the end, as we usually do. Uh, pre-show. Did anybody else see the pre-show? Nope. It's a pre-show match. No, yeah, I didn't watch the pre-show. <laughs> I watched it. Uh, the countdown to Hard to Kill, and it's uh, essentially it was like a panel show. And it was quite interesting because you had Madison Rain joining the uh, the panel with Scott Demore and oh, Ace Austin. Ace Austin was on it um, briefly, but the the panel members was Madison Rain, Scott Demore, and somebody else. I can't remember who, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, that was quite a big thing because Madison, of course, announced her retirement from pro wrestling at this show mm. uh, and on that panel. So that was quite a big deal. Obviously, we would see her later on tonight, which we'll get to. But the uh, a couple of things actually played into the night. That's what I liked about it, actually, like you know, reflecting on it. Like you mentioned there, Ace Austin is on there. He gets interrupted and that plays quite a big factor into the show. It certainly does. I didn't see it coming either, but we'll get to it. And then I suppose the, uh, the, well, it was one match on the pre-show. So during that countdown to Hard to Kill, and it was Brian Myers versus Josh Josh Alexander. Josh Alexander. Yes. This was really good. I honestly thought this could have been on the main card. It was a really solid wrestling match. And that's probably the best pre-show match I've seen in quite a while. So well, you're that was really refreshing. You think it's better than that Battle Royal? Can I say actually as well, though, <laughs> that um, it was the longest match until the sixth match of the night. It was actually longer than all the other matches leading up to the... Uh, the X Division Championship match. So, like about Royal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, su- I suppose you can get away with it a bit more with a pre-show, can't you? Because it's, it's going to be the only match to, to put on during that hour. Uh, but yeah, it was really good. I, I genuinely feel like this could have been on the main card and it would have felt like it belonged. Brian Myers, Josh Alexander, they're both incredible wrestlers. And it was just a really good, solid technical wrestling match. Um, pretty much from start to finish. Uh, you know, I think Myers picks up the win with the clothesline. Did it come from yeah. hell? It looked like it was it sent Alexander to hell, yeah. It oh, was God. a big it was a big <laughs> clothesline. It was up there. It was JBL esque. JBL esque. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really good. I was I was quite, you know, pleasantly surprised by that pre show. It was worth the watch. Okay. Might give it a look at later. Well, you're going to have to be the only one to rate this one, Russ, because we haven't seen it. So what would you give it? Uh, I mean, it's difficult because we don't ever really rate the pre-show matches, so I probably wouldn't hear. But, I mean, to put it up against other pre-shows that we've talked about on on Three Men, One Fall, it's probably my favourite so far, I would say. Oh, that's good. That's awesome. It's probably my favourite one so far. I might have to go back and give it a watch then. Same here. Recommend. And it's free. Just go on Fight TV, you'll find it on there, just a part of the whole show. It comes a bit more towards the end if you only want to see the match, but yeah, it's definitely worth the watch. I think it's on YouTube as well, on their YouTube channel, but... I think so. It's also, we'll probably talk about it more now as Jay brings us into the show and the opening match, but it was also here where I learned that they'd finally piped in some crowd noise, which was quite a big deal, and it's also the introduction to the commentary team for the night, which, again, I'm sure we're going to go into now. But no, this was, this was, was a awesome. good commentary team, man. I really enjoyed that. I'll tell you what, the commentary team, Matt Stryker and D'Lo Brown, of all people. Great, I was really, really, really happy to see D'Lo back on the scene. Well, you had to look at yeah. the real deal now. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Well, should we... Let, let's kick it off then, I suppose. Right, Jay, well, if you let's, let's, go let's through. kick it off then. So, we had the opening match... It was an intergender tag team match, and it was Decay, consisting of Crazy Steve and Rosemary, and they defeated Tanil Dashwood, who you may know from WWE as Emma, and Caleb with a K, and that's his actual name, before you uh, try and correct me. His actual ring name is Caleb with a K. <laughs> so what do you think to this then, lads? Bargain Basement, um, Tyler Breeze 
when he, when he did his entrance. You know what? I was actually thinking that when I watched it. I was thinking like he wants to be Tyler Breeze, and I was going to mention it, but you beat me to it. So well, that was on the same wavelength there. <laughs> yeah, though. but it just—it yeah. was obvious as soon as he made his entrance. Yeah, I, I completely agree there, Ash. I mean, hundred percent. I was going to say it, and as soon as I saw him with that with the phone out, I thought, yeah, this guy wants to be Tyler Breeze. This was technically one of three women matches on the card. So yeah. it's not like Impact isn't showcasing the knockouts either. And that's something that, by and large, they've always been really good at. So, you know, it's quite nice to see that it's spread out over the show and it's not just, you know, that one one and done match, five, ten minutes, and that's the end of it. You know, yeah. they've got real, you know, it's real talent. But, oh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to see. So what do we, what do we think to the actual match then? Well, this considering this is four years since Rosemary and Crazy Steve teamed up as Decay, as they mentioned on, on commentary. Um, I think it was D'Lo. D'Lo Brown brought reference to that. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it feels like they just gelled really well. The match, yeah. there, there was a couple of points in there where uh, maybe a little bit of miscommunication, but overall the match was kind of probably how you'd expect it to be. Yeah, yeah. started off pretty technical, which was probably the most surprising thing about it. Crazy Steve was pretty technical in the early going. And then, yeah. of course... Once you get everybody kind of all getting involved and the heels are starting to cheat a little bit, it really just turns into that kind of standard tag match that you'd expect. But with it being intergender, they're not afraid to kind of get the the man and woman violence as evidenced by that super kick. Yeah, literally, right? I was going to mention that. Like, it was was good to see the women chipping away at the the guys as well. (laughs) We have to mention the super kick. But uh, yeah, this is the first time I've seen Rosemary and Crazy Steve because... I'm not an avid, avid watcher of Impact. Like, I keep up with it, but I was really impressed. Like, Crazy Steve has grown on me a lot. He's he's a really good talent. And Rosemary's good as well. Um, I can't say that Caleb with a K has really grown on me at all, but... <laughs> no, that was, that <laughs> but was yeah, one of my takeaways. Um, yeah. But let's talk about that super kick then. That was something special, wasn't it? <laughs> well, Caleb with a K super kicks Rosemary, and the, the angle of it... I mean, it was literally straight under the chin. Like it could not have got any better. <laughs> man, it was it like was... a perfect, perfect super kick. <laughs> Honestly, it was like some out of Street Fighter. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was stiff as fuck. I wasn't oh, yeah. expecting that. But as we saw at Bamford Glory with um, Jordan Grace being in that exhibition match, they're not afraid. Yeah. They are not afraid to have the women fight the men. And obviously, with um, what was their name? Won the title last year. Cesar Blanchard. Cesar Blanchard, yeah. So, oh, yeah. So, so they're not afraid of it. For none, for someone who doesn't watch Impact, it might be a bit different because you're used to WWE yeah. and AEW to the point not having men and women violence. So it was it, good though. It was yeah. really good. It yeah. brings them fresh to the table. Yeah, for definite. It wasn't the most devastating move in the match though. Did anybody catch the noogie? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that was a nice touch from from Dash. I really enjoyed that. I mean, it was a good match overall, really. I mean, it was a good opener. It was better than I expected it to be. It was, yeah, it was enjoyable. That's what you want, isn't it? I think the adding or the addition of the green mist from both Crazy Steve and oh yeah, Rosemary, that was fantastic. Yeah, that was pretty good. I think Crazy Steve got it on Rosemary, and then uh, no, sorry, Crazy Steve got it on Tennille, and then Rosemary got it on Caleb with the K. Yeah, um, I love here like what Jay's saying, like because the commentary team. I mean, Matt Striker is, I mean, Matt Stryker's Matt Stryker, and he, you can say what you want about him, but he does inject as much knowledge and 
you know, he adds as much colour to it as he possibly can yeah. when he's on commentary. And he was given that kind of explanation of that, about how in Japan, you know, different colour mists mean different things, like some uh, are designed to burn you, some are designed to blind you. And honestly, right, I think D'Lo and Matt Stryker are a really, really bloody good commentary team. Like, Good chemistry. I might, even, I might even go out on a limb here and say that they're my favourite commentary team of throughout all of wrestling at the moment. To say that's that their it, first show together. Yeah. And that's what I mean. It was bloody good. If that was their first one together, then, I mean, what, you know, what can you really say? Because the chemistry felt like they'd known each other for years and years. Or at least that they'd been doing that together for years and years. Yeah. Like it, it didn't sound like that would have been their first one ever. It just flowed so well, didn't it? I think that's why I enjoyed the pay-per-view more than I expected as well. It's because the commentary team was so good and they were so on it. And they weren't just like two-dimensional. Like Russ just said, they, they injected knowledge in... You, know, you learned something from them as well. Like It was a really, really good commentary throughout the whole show. And I think that's it just made me even more invested in it. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's just one of those things. Like Sometimes you just don't have chemistry. But I think it also helps that it's a two-man booth. You know, wrestling commentary is always, in my opinion, mean better with a two-man booth. Yeah, I couldn't when agree you, more there. When you add three and then, you know, even more people, it just becomes a fight for position. Yeah. And, you know, even us on here, like there's three yeah, of us on a podcast. Say. And, <laughs> you know, there, there can be the over-talking and things like that, but it's not just like, it's, it's slightly different for us. We're not calling a match. When you've got three people on your screen trying to call a match, but again, like AEW's commentary team is better i feel than wwe's most of the time however yeah. saying that wwe at least get you a bit more like they're they sound more excited in the match whereas AEW sometimes can drop off a lot and it sounds like maybe you know the excitement levels aren't there i just yeah. feel like d-lo and, and matt striker just hit that that perfect yeah they just hit that perfect kind of like ground that you'd want to yeah. be that you'd want to be on it was it was so top. good it was yeah, so it was good great. D'Lo Brown's introduction at the beginning, saying um, "Impact Wrestling is hard to kill." Yeah. And I was like, "True, true <laughs> words have never ever been spoken." Yeah, but yeah, that was. I mean, it set you up for the night, lovely. And it, I mean, that level of enthusiasm and their chemistry just lasted the whole night through. Absolutely. But then again, if Matt Stryker can make something uh, with a commentary team with Vampiro in Lucha Underground, then uh, to be honest, Matt Stryker could probably work with anybody. Hey, come on, Vampiro's an underrated gem. <laughs> Vampiro's, I mean, mad respect for the guy, and especially, you know, personal life and, and everything he seems to have been going through. But, yeah, I mean, like, commentary-wise, Matt Stryker brings out the best in people, I think. Yeah, he's really, really good. So let's talk about the finish then, Ash, if you want to bring us into that. Yeah, um, just before the finish, Caleb with a K got remisted by Rosemary, which led into Crazy Steve doing a tornado DDT off the top top rope. I think it was middle rope. Middle yeah. rope. Well, off the yeah, rope. either way. And then one, two, yeah, three. Really, really good. So, um, yeah, what are we rating this then, guys? I mean, if you want to go first for us so you can get your trophy system out <laughs> and then... Go on, get them out. It was, I liked it. It was a uh, silver from me. A, you know, a good, strong opening match that got you pumped up for the rest of the show. And again, it felt fresh because the match was good, good intergender, uh, intergender back and forth action, mixture of technical and over-the-top silliness with the mist and everything else. But it's also kind of old school. Yeah, the commentary the team really helped. Piping in crowd noise really, really helped. And 
it was just a really good start for the show for me, and especially after that pre-show, you know. Yeah, it was good. I'm going to give it a 3.5, like you said, for most of the points that you just said, but it gets the extra 0.5 for me just because of the mist. If it weren't for the mist, it'd have been a three, but yeah, it's a 3.5 <laughs> from me, just because I just love it, man. It was a really good opening match. It was for the Nuggie, Jay. You can be honest. It was, it was that Nuggie. He did, it well. all, he did it all for the Nuggie, didn't he? He <laughs> did it all for the Nuggie. But yeah, 3.5 from me. So what are we saying then, Ash? Um, 2.75 from me. Cool, that's a low one, isn't it? It's above, it's above middle. Well, I suppose so. What, three, 3 would be middle? Well, 2.5 would be middle. If you're right, doing it depends, five, it, it, it depends if you well, it depends how you look at it. Yeah, if you do a five star yeah. rating, two and a half in the middle. From my yeah. point of view, the Jedi are evil. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough then. So, did anything happen after that match? Can't remember. Yeah, well, I mean, after there, there is pretty much a segment in between every single match, but this is the only one where it was a little bit shorter, where they just showed the uh, well, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers entering the building. We we pretty much just get the the package now for the uh, <laughs> the six man tag which we completely forgot to we mention. Did. We did. Um, we probably also should mention the current our current score for our big year competition of who's going to get the most predictions right after the first match because this is about as good as it's going to get for me tonight. That's a spoiler. <laughs> yeah. So I believe me and Ash walk away with uh, a point each on that one, don't we? And yeah, then, boy. Jay currently with no points on that one, but yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, well, we'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the night goes on. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, we will. But, um, but yeah, so the next match then we had uh, Violent by Design, which consists of uh, Eric Young, love him, Dina, and Joe Deering, who again is an absolute really really good wrestler from Japan, and they defeated cousin Jake Rhino and Tommy Dreamer, and it was an old school rules six man tag. So you might as well just say it was a hardcore tag match. Definitely, yeah, pretty much no DQ. Yeah, we we forgot to mention this one on the weekly roll up. Obviously, to give a prediction for, so there won't, there's no competition for this one from our part. But yeah, the match. I mean, it was good. I enjoyed it. Violent by Design's the new name, so I think that was the first time we've heard that that, that group be called Violent by Design or VBD. You know what? It was just really nice to see Rhino and Tommy Dreamer tagging. It's it great a, seeing them. It was a proper in blast from the past. Yeah. Yeah, it's just great seeing them in general. But I think I just I could listen to Eric Young cut promos for fucking hours. Yeah, like he's got were, that. When, he's got that voice, hasn't he? It's it's just everything about him. Like the guy knows how to cut a promo. Like he knows who he is. I know that sounds silly, but like he knows who Eric Young is, and he cuts that. You know, it's just you can take snippets away from some of his promos, and they did. They put one in the opening package for that match. He says uh, it was something along the lines of he's going to baptise them in the holy water of change. Yeah. And I was like, oh, the guy knows. And I think that's because that, that, that's kind of the story going into this match is that, you know, Violent by Design, Impact Wrestling is theirs. It belongs to them. And, you know, Dreamer, Rhino, Cousin Jake, they're kind of fighting, you know, as Dreamer's always really done as well, really. But, you know, he's fighting for the company and, you know, he's, he's, the, he's a face. Tommy Dream is a baby face. There's no no ifs or buts about it. But it's just a good like it's just a good take, I think, on an old concept of 
not necessarily ECW originals, but your company men who are baby faces and doing right by the company going up against these selfish but like dangerous heels. Yeah. Well, yeah. one one thing that um, stood out for me was Joe Deering and how massive the guy is. Yeah, man. I was going to say dude. that. He's a yeah. He's a big old boy. Um, I don't. Would you agree with me on this? But I, I would have said I think coming out of the match, he was the standout. Aside oh, from Eric Young, yeah, definitely, he was the standout of that match. A hundred percent agree with you. I couldn't right. agree more there. He, he, yeah, he's really, really impressive. Old school look, and yeah, just fucking smash mouth as hell. And Butcher's son. <laughs> <laughs> well, the dad, I should say. It's a good match. Like it didn't really feel like it went on that long either. But it was no. quite. A f- it was a fun match, wasn't it? It was pretty much just this non-stop brawl. Yeah, I love and it. I love that sort of thing. A couple of things I didn't like was the chair shots to De- uh, Joe Deering because it was like soft as fuck. But especially, yeah, but when, especially yeah, Rhino. Yeah, but when you're giving that somebody that many chair shots in a row, you can't go fucking full ball with all of them, can you? You won't have a fucking back left. I guess. And um, the worst thumbtack bump ever. Yeah, I, I thought that as well. I thought, oh, here we go. Like, I was getting excited. Like, yeah, the thumbtack's coming out, but then Eric Young's ass went on it, and that was about I don't it. Think, so. I don't think he even touched it, did he? I think he's got a couple more assholes now. <laughs> <laughs> the the chair shot spot, what you're saying there, was the three faces together wailing on Joe. Yeah. And the only thing that I kind of was a bit like, eh, with that, was the... When he gets the upper hand, because I think he grabs Dreamer yeah. by the throat, mm-hmm. and everybody else just stops, and yeah. you just think, like, you know, IRL, real life, you wouldn't just stop, would you? Like, oh, he's grabbed, you know, I've got a weapon, you just beat him up some more. But that's kind of how the heels took the advantage again. So that was the only kind of thing for me. That The tack thing's just inf- unfortunate, isn't it? Like, I mean, not really I think unfortunate it was for Eric Young, close, but... I think it was because they were too close to the corner. Probably. So it wasn't really well placed, but yeah. I think the the fact that EY was going to take that bump though, just to begin with, oh yeah, is a testament on because the guy isn't. I mean, he's been. They said on commentary as well. I think he's been in the industry for about twenty twenty plus years. Oh yeah, and I don't know how old he is. Uh, I mean, his forties, because potentially he was. But, he was in the first couple of years of the old TNA days, so yeah, it's just it's guys like that that are still going to put their body through those kind of things. You know, when they don't really necessarily need to. Like we've said, we, you know, established that he's amazing on the mic. So he's going to draw money just by talking, let alone his in-ring work, which really does speak for itself. I just, I can't believe that he just wasn't utilised properly in WWE. I don't know how well, you can't look at this now. I don't know how you can't look at that and just look at EY and listen to him and look at his promos and just watch the overall package and not feel like you 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 missed out. Like... Yeah, drop. You drop the ball. It it's literally WWE's loss. I mean, he's a good, he's a good talent, and you know, it's their problem, really. I think he's he made his market impact, and um, you know, with him being back there, he's just flourished even more. One of the things that stuck out for me was the. It was quite early in the match. I think they only did it the once, but it was that tri camera where they put three different angles that, up on the screen. Yeah, that was cool. Actually, one thing I saw that made me laugh was I'm sure this happens every time I see a Tommy Dreamer match. He always gets. Uh, put on the guardrail. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it looked like- it's kind of. Do you know what it is? It's it's basically you know Ric Flair's when he gets whipped into the corner and and he'd always do the upside down sort of bump over the rope. Yeah, that's Dreamer's like equivalent of that, isn't it? Yeah, actually, didn't Eric Young do that in the match? The uh, Ric Flair, I think he did. 
Someone he may have done. Someone, I don't remember. Someone, someone definitely did it on the show, but I think it was Eric Young. Now you said that. <laughs> yeah, this was good. That, the, the only thing that made me laugh in the match was again striker and Delo, where they they make a joke about like why do they always put weapons under the ring? Yeah. Like, why is there always why why, why are they getting chairs from under it? I think it was when they were taking the chairs out, which was shortly after the. Um, Again, like another staple of Dreamer matches, which is just that the tray, like that just metal tray yeah. <laughs> on the edge. Yeah, it's the back bacon tray. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this was great. I mean, finish wise, I like it. It was Eric Young got the pinfall. It was a power with the pile driver. driver. Yeah. 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 That's a, it was a fucking banging pile driver as well. <laughs> yeah, it was really, really good. Like you said, Tommy Dreamer gives him the back body drop on the tax, but you know. Sort of just misses them, but it is what it is. You can't always help that sort of stuff, can you? Yeah, it was a good match. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Eric Young pins... Uh, Cousin Jake, wasn't it? Cousin Jake, yeah. So, rating-wise, then? I'll give it a three. The only disappointment was, for an old-school rules match, it didn't feel like there was a lot of weapons, but I didn't. I don't think it needed it because of later on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Ash on that one, um, but I'm going to give it a 3.25. Yeah, silver from me. It's in the middle. Really enjoyed it. Non-stop action. Like Ash said, there was... Total, a, total non-stop so action. It was total non-stop <laughs> action. There wasn't much in the way of weapons, but yeah, you're going to get that later in the night. You don't want to overdo it, do you? All right, then. So, anything happen after that match then, Russ? Well, yeah. This is where <laughs> we see Moose... <laughs> yeah, this is where we see Moose join Sabin and Rich Swan in the locker room. They're kind of already sort yeah. of, you know, getting themselves pumped up. And then Moose walks in and they're like, nah, you don't belong in here and stuff. But then Moose, you've got to say what you want about Moose. And we're going to find out tonight whether or not Moose has swayed Jay. But yeah, well, we'll see. The promo <laughs> um, from Moose here was pretty much just like, look, when I played football, I was on teams where I didn't, you know, some of the guys, I hated them. But when the whistle blew, I'd have died for him because I'm out there to win. And I don't know what it is about Moose. Moose is another one of those guys where like, to look at him, sometimes you just think like he doesn't really have much in the way of like facial expression, and I think sometimes that people think that 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 works to his disadvantage. But honestly, when you're cutting a promo like that, I just feel like that resonates more with me than if he was being over the top animated. He's a massive bloke, you know. Stood with these two, they're not they're not small guys, but like it, he makes them look small because of how big he is. I mean, what is yeah, he like he six six guy. or something? They said six foot. Yeah, I think it was six seven. Six it? six and a half or something like that. I think we're. He's oh, I think like, we're in that area. Oh, all you need to know is that he's a big old boy. He's a big old boy. <laughs> but yeah, the primo was good, man. It was real good, and it made me think a bit. Like you know, Moose really is the wild card in this match because even yeah, though you, you believed what he was saying, it still puts doubt in your head. Like, what if he does turn? You know, it's just really good. I think this worked better than. Uh, having the Motor City Machine Guns, personally, but yeah, it was it was yeah, cool. It, it was good. It it was it was really good. It sort of built up to it, hundred percent. Yeah, and it just that, that was really pretty much all it was. They made a reference quickly to Willie Mack because uh, Willie Mack could have been in this match, but of course, storyline wise, Moose took him out. But yeah, it just helped build up the main yeah. event some more. Big shout out to Big Willie Mack because he's, he's he's a good old boy as well. I love Willie Mack. He's so good. Just, yeah. He's great. He, honestly, he's great. Right. That leads into our next match then. It's for the um, the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championships. Uh, Fire and Flavor, consisting of Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, and they defeated Havoc and Nevaeh. One question. Who were the faces and who were the heels? Oh, yeah. T- 
Yeah, listen, tough question. <laughs> I know, obviously, this is someone who doesn't watch Impact a lot, but even with that promo package, I'm thinking, who's the faces and who the heels? I'm glad you mentioned it because I was going to bring this up. Because even the, the structure of this match, Fire and Flavor, I think, are supposed to be the babyface team. I think so. For me, though, I, I understand it to a degree because Havoc is so... Havoc reminded me a lot of Nyla Rose, to be honest, in this match. Like, she was the big, powerful, sort of monster heel for the match. And I understand it to a degree that you're going to want, you know, Fire and Flavor... Um, yeah, Fire and Flavor, they're obviously the smaller team... And they were going to have to do some double team moves maybe to take her out. But I just think there was a bit too much of it because it was pretty much from the gates, like from the opening bell, it was just constant double team. Yeah. It was constant double team. And I understand that every now and then, or if the heels are also cheating, um, but I just don't understand why we needed so much double team if the face team were going to win anyway, which they did. Because it, it just made them seem, uh, you know, maybe, I'm you know, again, that's just my take on it. That's not to say there's anything wrong with that. But for me, it just stood out a bit. Like we said, like I, I like sometimes a bit more, I like a clear-cut heel and face. I do like a good tweener, but when it's clear that they're supposed to be a tweener, if that makes sense. Yeah, I get what you mean. Yeah, I get what you mean, but I'm going to have to actually disagree with Russ on this one. I really enjoyed the match. It was absolutely great. Oh, no, I really, really enjoyed <laughs> the match, but it's just that that stuck out for me a little bit. And yeah, it's you know it's a, it's a big match. Like Ash said in Weekly Roll-Up, it's the first time crowning Knockouts champion since 2013, which yeah. is mental. But, you know, I, I really enjoyed the match. Don't get me wrong. It's just that was like the first thing that jumped out at me because... Well, I say the first thing that jumped out at me. It's one of the bigger things that jumped out at me because it happened so often throughout the match, if that makes sense. Well, well can we... Well, I'm just going to say, like, up until this point, this was match of the night for me. It was really wow. good. Uh, up until this match. But um it wasn't match of the night through the whole show, but up until, obviously, we're going through order of the show, this was the best match so far on the card. Um Shall we talk about the uh, double fall-away slam? Yeah. we Yes, absolutely. Amazing. The, I don't know how you can catch someone when you've already grabbed someone. And this is yeah. what I mean. Um, th- this is why Havoc, I think, is such a beast. I mean, to be holding someone and then catch another person coming through the air. <laughs> it's just, it's not the easiest thing to do. Which is she's, she's she's everybody strong. involved. Like, she is strong. And once again, yeah. once again, how's that a heelish thing? Isn't that a babyface thing to do? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I know, with I, know you. It's, I know it's possible for a heel wrestler to do that type of thing, but... Well, I think you're being overcritical. I, 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 honestly, I, I really didn't care about the healing face in this. It was just, it was a great match, and there were some good things. I, I, I don't, you know, the show of strength thing does work for a heel to a degree, though, because if you think, if if a heel can catch two people like that, then that makes them look even more of a threat. So you you kind of have to look at it the other way around, because like you know, the big monster heel doing big monster heel things is scary, right? So it works. But it wasn't like, you know, that was one huge show of strength. The other was where it looked like they was going for that Tower of Doom spot with all four participants. That but was then yeah. Havoc takes yeah. both of them away on a shoulder reach to deliver that yeah. double powerbomb. That, again, and that was really bloody good. Really good. Matt Stryker makes a great Pantera reference for those that caught it. Yeah, I he heard it. called it a vulgar display of power. <laughs> yeah, so, I heard it. Again, nice little bits from Striker, which, you know, you do come to love when you get used to listening to his commentary. So, did you think the right team won? Because I 100% think that the right team did win. 
they're, they're a good tag team, and I think they'll they'll be good going forward as well, and have, have some good total defenses. It's one of those things. So I, I picked the heel team for this one, but again, it was for the reason that I always, I'm a fan of seeing the babyface chase the heel for the title. I just enjoy those stories more. But I mean, yeah, in terms of did the right team win, I think either team winning that match would have been good because it brings back the championships, and that's oh what, yeah, absolutely. But I, I think I think they they at, at this point uh, far in favour of the better tag team. They just they're just they're more put together, and they just seem like they've been tagging for probably longer than they have. There's talent there for definite. Definitely. Like there's, yeah, there's real real talent, and and they're an interesting duo. They but are. I'll be interested to see how maybe they, you know, because I can't see how they don't morph into heels at some point. They just seem like they would be. Oh yeah, they, look, they very seem good like heels. the perfect heel team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to the pre-show, um, pre-match uh, promo package. I don't know about you two, but they reminded me when they were talking of they were female street profits. Yes. Yeah, I definitely got that vibe, 100%. I, I, I agree with you there, Ash, definitely. It's just the way the promo was said, because it might be of... It's just like their attire and the way that they talk yeah, on the mic. It's, and, it's the way that... Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I don't know who which one it was, but one of them felt like a Mantis Ford, and then one of them felt like a... Uh, What's the other Angelo guy? Dawkins. Angelo, Angelo Dawkins. Dawkins. Yeah, yeah. Just, just by mm. the fact that one of them was going, no, talking, and then one went, yeah, which is basically a street pop that's thing. <laughs> no, it was good. Yeah, I, I completely agree there, Ash. And, and I, I, know, I obviously, obviously yeah. agree the right team won because I got it right and you two didn't. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was really, it was a really good match. It was definitely a really good match. I think we do need to address the big return, though. Brian Hebner back yeah. in Impact Wrestling for the first time. I was trying to look this up, and what I found was he tweeted that he had been granted his release from the company. That was on the 2nd of November, 2017. Really? So he put that tweet out in 2017. So he's been gone from the company for just over three years. And that was his first match back. So that was really good. Because I think he he left for... Again, though, this is another guy that is now out from NWA. Because he was with NWA. And so he's obviously uh moved away from them now and, and gone back to impact but it is a bit concerning really yeah i really i really do like him to be honest he's such a good ref it is cool yeah so um do you want to talk about the finish then ash of all the matches i don't remember the finish of this one do you want to talk about the finish then russ uh yep yeah, i think this was a, was <laughs> a roll-up finish yeah, I think it was. I mean, I can't, I can't honestly remember myself. So. It's, it's the only finish I don't remember. So that's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, overall, good match. So what rating do you want to give this one then? Uh, 3.25. You know, for me, I'm going to give this a 3.75 because, like I said, I think it was the best match so far. It's a silver. Another one. Three in a row for me. I don't I, think... To be honest with you, I'll, I'll be completely honest. So far in the night, my favourite match up to this point has been the pre-show. Fair enough. Okay, that's, that's yeah. interesting. I don't that's if... not putting anything down. I'm just saying the pre-show was really good. Like I, ju- I just really enjoyed that that uh, Myers and Alexander match. Yeah. So, but you know, so far it's been pretty consistent. Yeah, everything's silver for me at the minute. Yeah. One thing we should mention was after Fire and Flavor won the match, they were given the titles by Gail Kim and Madison Rain, which was pretty cool. They're amazing, and it's you know. Again, it's a massive thank you for Madison Rain and everything she's done over the years because, like, yeah. she helped mould, and she really did. They say that, but she genuinely did, and so did Gail Kim. But they honestly helped shape that knockouts division at a time when women's wrestling was not at the forefront of uh, the industry. 
Yeah, I couldn't it. agree more. Like they, they really did pioneer in that um, women's revolution. If you like, if you want to say that, like, oh yeah, uh, absolutely. I think yeah. Well, you've you've hit the nail on the head there. Pioneers. All right then. So yeah, I mean, after that match, we had Ace Austin coming out, cutting a little bit of a promo, saying that he was uh, annoyed that he was interrupted on the the pre-show panel, and then you can go into a little bit more if you want, Russ. Well, he was he was interrupted, but I think the guys recently won the super. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go to call it's, it's Super J Cup, but it's not. Su- it's, it's <laughs> super X Division Cup or something like that. Yeah, Super X Cup. Super Cup. Yeah, Super X Cup or something. Something. Something Cup. Anyway, he's got a trophy. So he's won that big Super Cup, right? And he's just understandably a bit annoyed that he's basically not on the show. He gets cut off in the pre-show. There's a lot. There seems to be a lack of respect for him. So he comes out and he's essentially saying, you know, look, Scott Demore, come out. Like I'm calling you out. I want answers. I want. I want this. I want that. I want match. And you know, da da da. Scott Demore does come out, and you know, he kind of puts him over, establishes him, you know, a bit more as the heel, and says that he has got a guy that can fight him because it's a guy that's always ready. Yeah. Which of course leads to da da da. Matt Cardona debuting Impact. <laughs> Matt Cardona debuts in Impact. I think that's the first show he's been on since uh, his appearance on AEW, if I'm yeah, right. Yeah, end, end of September. Yeah, mm. yeah, I think that's right. So a number of months. I mean, obviously the guy's busy with his podcast, because that's a huge deal, the Major Wrestling Figure podcast. And it's actually very interesting with him and Brian Myers, but, you know, the guy knows how to hustle, and he, he's, he's doing very well, from what I can see, since departing from WWE, but... Um. Yeah, this debut. Then I mean, it was. What okay. did we make of it? Can I just say one thing? Fuck off, Matt Striker, with your marking out. I don't think <laughs> I, I wasn't marking out. I didn't give a fuck. No, I mean to be honest, I, I didn't really care for it either. It was nice to see Matt Cardona as always, because you know he's a good talent. Well, you say but yeah. That. I mean, for me, it was just as it, as impromptu matches go. You know, it was okay, but it just. It just didn't seem to go anywhere for me. I mean, obviously, commentary team was hyping up Ace Austin, saying, oh, you know, he's one of the top 100 wrestlers and this, that and the other. But I didn't see it, to be honest with you. It was a two-minute and 30-second match. And um, Matt Cardona won by disqualification because of uh, interference by Madman Fulton. Um, If you're unaware, was Sawyer Fulton in NXT, part of Sanity, before he um, got injured, was it, and then released or something like that? Yeah, he got released before they brought in, like, Killian Dane. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it just it was just it was just a bit pointless to me, really. I liked look. I mean, Matt Cardona debuting, I think, is reading between the lines. I think that's a really big deal for him. Oh yeah, but, I mean, whether he signs or not is a different story. But it was nice to see him on there. I, I think the I think the reason it probably didn't have the hype behind it that it probably should have done is again going back to what we said. I mean, it's it's Cardona's first appearance since September. And even when he was on AEW, he wasn't featured... I mean, he was featured in, like, a major angle, you know, alongside Cody and everything, but he wasn't the centrepiece of that angle. Yeah. And even there, he he debuted, like, when he came out on AEW, no music. And he had sort of a handful of matches. It was that six-appearance deal, wasn't it? And then yeah. Yeah. he was fizzled out with no more mention of him. And then, you know, these number of months have gone by, and then he shows up on Impact for this very short match with a DQ finish, nonetheless... I just don't think the the buzz has been in his debuts. Like, I think we, we've got to watch Cardona grow as a talent. 
over a longer period of time. But I, I've got to be honest, I don't usually, again, because I'm not going to shut on the match. It, for what it was, it was fine. For they, they got you know a lot of stuff in, some distractions by Madman Fulton, cool little apron spot between Ace Austin and Cardona with him on the outside, Ace Austin on the apron, you know, kind of doing all his acrobatic stuff on there. Yeah. That was cool. Um, that was any good moment was, for the match for me. Yeah, it's cool stuff, but it's just, I think we've got to watch and wait and see what happens long-term for Matt Cardona because the debut didn't really do much other than, I think, say, now look, you should be excited because Matt Cardona's here. Like, that that's all it was for me. I would have been more excited if this was five years ago because, for me, Cardona, you need to do new moves because you're doing jobber moves for me. Yeah, I agree again. Um I like the guy. I do really like Matt Cardona. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I agree with Ash. He seems to be. Um, he just seems to be a bit stale, for my, to be honest. When in my you, opinion. when it was ten years ago, you were a big deal with the. the I had the t-shirt. I watched the, the Zidane True Iron story, but once again, that's ten years ago. And you, I know WWE didn't help you a bit with that push. And yeah, you won the IC title at WrestleMania. Uh, then what? You lost it a day later. Yeah, but the, but but again though, I think you've got to remember that that's. I think you've got to try and distinguish between the booking from one company, but then the like the actual talent behind then that individual. Oh yeah, I'm not I'm not shitting on I'm not shitting on Cardona. I'm just saying like yeah, like as as Ash said, his WWE wasn't great, but that's not through no fault of his own really. I mean, he he pretty much got himself over by doing his um his and that his is videos, test- his videos, as Ash was saying. Yeah. And again, you know, as you just said, that is a testament to the guy. But yeah, he, it's, he, not through, he it's not through his own fault. He's basically, I mean, to be honest with you, Cardona's influence in wrestling, I just think is really underrated. It's not necessarily his in-ring work, but Ash saying there about True Long Island, uh, Z True Long Island story, you know, that was the first kind of big thing of its kind, like to the point where WWE wanted to take it over. And then obviously when they did, watered it down and made it something that, you know, actually it took away from what was yeah, special about it. because that's typical WWE. They, they get something good and then they fuck it up. Well, they just wanted their hands on it, you know? They wanted to be able to control it. But like I say, I, I'm excited to see what the future is going to hold. And I really am expecting to see some really good things out of Matt Cardona because I genuinely think he's got so much more that we haven't seen uh, that he can give to the audience. Yeah. But this wasn't for me. I just, again, if he's happy with it, then it doesn't matter what anyone else says. But for me, I just thought this debut was a little underwhelming. Like, yeah, the way it played out. Fulton, like we said, it was a DQ finish. Fulton got involved and he was kind of like stomping on his head. But then uh, <laughs> he got the upper hand, uh, hit him with the... Um, it's not the Rough Rider anymore, is it? It's obviously something else. I can't remember what it is, but he hits like him with pretty, that. It's pretty much like a Katara Crusher, isn't it? Yeah, and he hits him with that, and then that's you know he's kind of stood victorious. The heels retreat up the ramp, and that's pretty much the end of that segment, really. Yeah. So I mean, rating wise, I'm, I'm going to go straight in and give it half a star. Uh, I'm giving I'm it half a star. <laughs> There's no trophy for me for this one because it's just too short of a match. And it's a DQ finish, which I don't like on pay-per-view, really. Unless it's done right. 0.25. Yay. The, the, one thing I, <laughs> the one thing I was hoping for was a Brian Myers save, but I don't think they want to do that just yet. Nah, you've got to build, haven't you? You've got to build. But, like I say, it would have been a big deal five years ago when if he had left then compared to now. Yeah, it felt like they're great trying, to see him though. Yeah, it felt yeah it's like, good to see him. But it does feel like they're trying to make a big deal out of him when he's not been that 
to me, didn't feel that important for a long time. <laughs> but if you're not going to make a big deal out of somebody, then they're not going to be a big deal on your show. So why would you have them? So you need to make a big deal out of them, don't you? Well, can yeah. you imagine, I was going to say, can you imagine if Gilberg was went to WCW after Goldberg had left? Yeah, they wrecked everybody. Gilberg was the fucking man. <laughs> right, so moving on then. <laughs> um, yeah, this this next one was match of the night for me. I think it was even better than the main event. Fully fanboying out at Manic, because um, I'd love TJP anyway, and I think he's better as Manic. So we had the uh, triple threat for the X Division title. It was Manic going in as champion um, versus Chris Bay and Rohit Raju, and uh, Manic retained. But honest, this match was just fucking fantastic. Again, for me, it was just, it was match of the night. It was, it was fucking great. And, um, there's a few spots in it, like Manic getting unmasked. Um, but he had that face paint on and it was just fucking awesome, man. I mean, this match was just, it's a bit, it's, it's one of the best matches I've seen all year so far. The build to this is, is quite good as well. So, um, I completely agree. I think this is my match of the night. The story, I mean, look, look the story's a bit silly. Really? But it's meant Why? to be silly and they know it's a bit silly, so it's fine, you know. Like the idea is that uh Rohit when he was champion was gonna do that big open challenge to anybody except TJP. So of course TJP goes all Mr. America on us and you know, puts on the mask and pretends to be somebody else. You know, I think even though you can it- even though you can plainly see that it's TJP because they've got all the same tattoos in that. <laughs> well, I mean you could you could plainly see that it was Hulk Hogan, uh when yeah, it was Mr. It was, America, it was great. but it was, it, it, was good. It, it was really good. What, it made me laugh I, as well. I've, I'm going to be honest though, guys. I'm going to put this out there now because I think there is conspiracy. Uh-oh. Okay, so... No, here we go. They were saying about TJP and they, you know, on commentary, it's like, yeah, but is it TJP? Of course it's TJP. Yeah, but what if it's someone that looks like him and wrestles like him? Look, D'Lo Brown was dismissing that. I think Matt Stryker's on the summit. You think about it, right? Brian Hebner shows up after three years. That's interesting. Brian Hebner from the Hebner family. That's even more interesting. I think what's happened here is Ted DiBiase has paid somebody to get plastic surgery and tattoos to look exactly like TJP, just like he did with Dave and Earl Hebner (laughs) when he took the title from Andre the Giant. There's a big plot behind this, and Ted DiBiase's um, behind it. I smell bullshit. (laughs) I don't know about you, Joe. Um, Yeah, I'm sorry, but that's just... um... Yeah, I, it's it's a nice story. Let's just put it that way. But I think that, I think that's as far as it goes. <laughs> it's cool. It's, it's these these sort of callbacks. They they sort of allude to those kind of silly sillier angles. It's just I funny, it. isn't it? I loved it. Well, the one absolutely thing absolutely loved it. This is the match where Dino Brown won me over in commentary because he was doing it. Why? Why? Like, why are you pretending to be someone we know it's you? And then, but Matt Striker ruined it a little bit by going by calling him TJP, like. More times than you called him manic. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, Chris Bay, mm. he's good, isn't he? Uh, this. So speaking of doppelgangers and people that remind you of others, am I the only one that just sees Kofi Kingston in Chris Bay? A little bit, and and I don't just mean like the way he had his hair, but that it's that same just like natural athleticism, and he's 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 built very much like Kofi as well. I just think that Chris Bay is going to be, and they, I think they said he was only twenty. He's under twenty-five, so yeah, yeah. I don't know what under twenty-five is. So is he twenty-four? I, I think he was twenty-four. So. But um, did you hear them say that he was in New Japan as well? For the uh, yeah, he competed yeah. for the Super yes. Jacob. So did they have a relationship with New Japan Impact? 
There's a few cool... Well, I mean, we'll get to it, especially for the main event, but there's a lot of um, tie-ins with New Japan throughout the show. They're subtle, but they're there. And they, yeah, this is like one of the first ones of the night. They reference that Super J Cup tournament. Yeah, but can, Chris can, part, we, can Chris we just? Yeah, can can we just um, take a minute to appreciate Rohit Raju? He is fucking. Great. He is fucking amazing. Oh, they all were. Yeah, I mean, every person in that match was great. But Rohit Rohit Raju, honestly, he's he really really surprised me. Like mm. he's on that level with TJP, and TJP is a fucking good wrestler. And he, yeah, Rahit is on that on that level. Like he, he really, really impressed me. Like He's a good ma- heel. That match that he had um, on the previous um, pay per view last year. Um, what was what was it? The six, Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory. The six. Yeah, that. Person. Yeah, that. Yeah, that match he had on Bound for Glory last year. Um, he impressed me there, but this match was something else. I mean. He's really, really good. Like, like, like you just said again, Ash. Uh, they're all really good, but blimey, like that was that couldn't have been. I don't think that could. Have, I don't think that could have been a better match. And I can't even get my words out because I'm that excited about it. <laughs> um, it was fantastic. It really was. My favourite moment was when Chris Bay jumps off Raju's back, does a drop kick onto yeah. Manic, and then lands yeah. on. It's like I don't know if that's drop kick into the senton. Yeah, then yeah, it was I, definitely planned. I don't know how he gave that cheeky little smile. Yeah, that it was, was good. so good. It was so good, and so so many false finishes as well. I was I was I pretty much on the edge of my seat. It was so good. Oh, it built up so well to them false finishes, and it did it so well. I, my favorite spot, I think, of the night was the international between. It started off between Rohi and Manic, and they was you know like running the ropes, and it was that constant like back and forth, and then mm. you know then Chris Bay got involved in it, and it just ended up being this three way sort of international running the ropes, and it was it yeah. Was, it was done. It was just good. I think this is when that kind of like acrobatic style and the flip floppy stuff. This is like the perfect blend of like having that blending with wrestling as well, where it doesn't really look like overly choreographed and stuff. Like they made it look good, and it was hard hitting as well. It was so good. I like when he had Bay in the submission and then tried doing one in on Raiji <laughs> yeah. when he stood up, and then yeah. when he actually did the move, it's like yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, the finish for the match was the... It is a quick roll-up, a schoolboy roll-up. So it is a... Some people call the fluke finish. So I don't know how people feel about it. I think personally it worked here. Again, like anything can yeah. work if it's done right. It was right. really good. It was really, really good. Even, though it, was, a, even though it was a roll-up, it was, it was really good. It was a fast-paced match and it took the, the heel off guard. And they did a, a really good callback to the... I think the final destination match between Manic and Rohit with Rohit to knee where he was going to come in and steal the pin. Hmm. And, you know, it was, again, I like that. It, they blend it all together. The storytelling was great. Hang on. Did you call it Final Destination? Um, final, final Resolution. Yeah. I didn't know if you said Final Sorry. Destination. He did say <laughs> Final Destination, yeah. <laughs> I did, yeah. Final Resolution, Final Destination. First couple are all right. Yeah, I like the first two. Then the, first, then the next <laughs> one just got weirder. Yeah. yeah did. So, um, <laughs> rated-wise then, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna bang straight in there. A four point seven five. I'm gonna give it. Great. I'm gonna give it four point two five. Even though the match has got better and it had a downslide, it got right back up. To yeah, me. yeah. That match set the bar. Uh, I'd say it's pro- it's gonna be a. Well, I thought maybe it was too high, but I'm gonna go for it. Goldenham because it's oh, very yeah. good. 
Yeah, I, this, I mean, this... it, it fully deserves that, I think. I think the Goldenham should have come out for that one. The Goldenham. Goldenham's out. It's X-Division. Like, X-Division very rarely disappoints you. Probably, it's probably something AEW should look into, having that type. Yeah. Because yes. New Japan has the open, the never open. Which is, open weight, yeah. Which is which is kind of the same thing. And X-Division, you had, had people like Abyss be the champion, so that kind of counts. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. X Division's a staple, and it's one of the things that you can look back on Impact slash TNA, and that's going to be one of their biggest achievements is is that X Division, and it's still going strong now. And that was proof. Yeah, it was it was great. Right person won, and overall, just yeah, best match on the card. I think this one. I think we should also say we all got that right because I don't think we mentioned it for. We did, yeah. We actually did all get that one right. So right, so so moving on then. Russ can sort of explain the, the just before this one, but this, this next match was the uh, the Impact Knockouts Championship match between Diana Perazzo going in as champion uh, versus Taya Valkyrie, and she won the match by submission. Now, to be honest, this one for me, this one did bore me. I've got to be honest. Ah, that's a shame. I liked this one. I think, well, a couple of bits happened. A, a bit earlier on in the night, we saw uh, Decay approach... Tyre, after winning the opening match, basically saying, look, we, we want to come down and be ringside for you. Tyre was was a good face in that segment because she's like, no, I don't, you know, I don't want help. I want to do it myself. But they convinced her and they was like, no, look, we're not coming to like, you know, get involved. We're just there to help even the odds because obviously Deanna's going to have people at ringside with her as well. Yeah. Can I, just, Kim, can I just Kimberly say she's... and Susan. Oh, well, I was just going to say that. Actually, but yeah, you yeah. said it so. Kimberly and Susan, yeah. The Susan character is probably the best one. <laughs> no, I, I, I did. I liked it. I'm interested to see what maybe you didn't enjoy about it, though, because um, it was a slower-paced match, especially after that X Division. Um, that's what that's what I mean. I mean, after the X Division, obviously, I know you can't have them all as fast-paced as that, but I just, I was, I probably watched the first few minutes of it, and I just thought, you know what, this is just, it was a really slow was builder. Was it, it just, yeah, was it just a bit slow for you then? Yeah, it just yeah, it was just too slow. I mean, it just bored me. I know that. I mean, that's not that, that's not to take anything away from the talent because they're both two really talented wrestlers. But for me, it just yeah, it was just too slow for me. It was just really bored me. Like I didn't, I didn't actually see a lot of the match. Like it sort of just turned me off after a bit. Like I, I saw the finish, but it just yeah, wasn't I, it wasn't for me. Can I ask a question? Did Kimberly hit um, Valkyrie? Really early on, outside. Oh yeah, because I saw that yeah. bit. Like there was a bit of a brawl before the match actually officially started. Yeah, because um, Matt Striker said that he didn't hear the bell, and I, to be honest, didn't hear the bell. So no, I didn't. Yeah. But um, yeah, there was a bit of a brawl, and that was all. That's probably the best bit about the match. Because like I'm pretty sure Kimberly hit Turner Valkyrie, and I'm like, well, that should be disqualification. Yeah, but, but they do reference it. Yeah, I think they again commentary team does a good job of trying to piece that together for, for the audience at home. and But that that's what leads to the ejection yeah. of all the managers, yeah. well, all yeah. the sort of ringside Enough. I personnel. Found, I did find it funny Susan was filming it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I want to mention is, with the promo package, it felt like it was meant to be Rosemary in this match, not Valkyrie, because they were attacking Rosemary more. Mm. I don't know if that's by design or whatever, but... Well, with the with the result of this match, so Valkyrie unfortunately doesn't pick up the win here. Unfortunately for me, anyway, because I picked her. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she doesn't <laughs> pick up the win, and it, it is a, a retained by Diana. But 
Uh, it looks like potentially they'll probably move in that direction then, maybe, with Rosemary. Uh, probably at least for the next pay-per-view or, or on a, a taped episode of Impact. But probably. I enjoyed this. I, I did enjoy the match, but I, I do like... Uh, sometimes I do like those kind of slower matches where you target in the limb and it's it's that psychology of it. It probably suffered a little bit because it came straight after the X Division match. I think if it hadn't been for that, maybe, Jay, you may have enjoyed that a bit more because it is basically that. I mean, t- you know, Deanna works on the arm to begin with and then she sort of moves into the leg and that becomes a story eventually that she's she's targeting the limbs. And again, Stryker does a good job on commentary of putting her over for that type of style where she's quite cerebral in her, you know, her targeting of the limbs throughout a match to wear them down. And it did play into the finish. So, I mean, from a wrestling match standpoint, it made sense. She attacked a body part, or she attacked numerous, two body parts in this instance, continuously through the match, and then won with a submission victory on one of those body parts. Because, uh, of course, she she gets... The the finish for the match is that Fujiwara armbar, which mm. she then transitions into that kind of double underhook chicken wing thing where it looks like her her shoulder blades were genuinely about to touch yeah and it did kind of, it did look a bit gnarly i like the, i did like the finish yeah it was really good i like the fact that parazzo parazzo is parazzo she how technical she is and how valkyrie did did um kind of do the same thing but yeah i agree I, with you there yeah i like i like the she, fact she's that, a she's a really really good technical wrestler 100 yeah and like she said she's the best Roman technical wrestler probably in wrestling I can agree with that, yeah. Definitely an argument to be made for that. Right person won. I like the finish. Yeah. I like. Obviously, it was a bit of a come down from the match we just had, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't mind it. Didn't hate it. Didn't think it was that bad. But I can see where you're coming from, Jay. Oh, good. For yeah, once, he, for once he agrees with me. <laughs> right, now shut up. <laughs> <laughs> That's intro. <laughs> what are the ratings then? Well, for me, I mean, I'm sorry, but I've gone going to have to give it a two and a half. Oh, okay. It's not for everybody, but wrestling is variety show. We always say it. Don't yeah, we? that's so, true. Nothing uh, wrong with it. I give it a three because, like I said, I like the technical stuff, like the finish, and it wasn't bad. It just, yeah, it just wasn't great and memorable for you. No. Nah. For me, uh, it's a Gilver for me. <laughs> Gilver. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's a every time you say these ratings, right, it makes me chuckle. It's good. That's what I'm here for, you know. <laughs> yeah, Gilver. I mean, look, if it could have been even better for me, I it, to be anything, Jay, you, you won't agree, but you know, I'd have wanted to have seen that go longer because I just I think I would have wanted to see a bit more offense from Tyre. Is all because yeah. it did feel very it did seem, very it did dominated seem like a bit by one sided. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's it. I mean, I really enjoyed it. Awesome. All right. So moving on then. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So moving on, Jay is the uh, I don't know where they're sort of going with it because they, they cut off before they revealed it. But yeah, this it, it's weird because there was that bit in the pre-show with AC Romero kind of like snuck his way into the, the knockouts locker room, which was a bit weird. And then in this segment, he approaches Johnny uh, Johnny Bravo and he shows him that um, like this ring rust cologne that he found in somebody's bag. And then when he's asked like whose bag he found it and he's like, oh, well, goes to tell him and the camera conveniently cuts off. And it's like, okay, you know, so I don't know where, where that's going, but he's there in his Sherlock hat, obviously trying to solve this murder. I don't know. Be interested to see where they go with it, I guess. But that's that's all you really got from that other night. Yeah. Well. So yeah. So moving on then. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if, if you can call it a match, I mean, <laughs> we had the Karate Man 
uh, versus Ethan Page. I'm correct, I'm undefeated Ethan Page. So you might as well mm-hmm. say, uh, well, one of them won, I guess, <laughs> if you want to call it a match. But for me, it was just, it was like a mini movie. <laughs> It was like, um, and, it, and it, it was done like it was done in Windows Movie Maker. If I'm honest, it was just it was terrible, terrible. There's a story. There's, there's a story that's now come out about this. Well, Ethan Page says uh, that how he had nothing to do with the creator of the match, and he's really upset. I don't yeah. blame the guy. Honestly, don't blame the guy at all because it, it wasn't great. Let's face it. Well, it, what he said is that obviously it was his last match, and he and he feels that Impact has screwed him. Because yeah. he said that, look, the idea of somebody fighting themselves is silly enough as it is, but it's the editing, the way they edited it together, that he's unhappy with. But at the same time, I don't... I do understand it, but... I've got to be honest, as a personal preference, I thought it was quite funny. Like, I, it I was, laughed. It, it, like, because yeah, the I, backdrops I were so ridiculous, I thought it was it was so bad that it was good. Yeah, I laugh, but for the wrong reasons, <laughs> not for the right reasons. I guess so, but then I suppose right or wrong reasons for when you're laughing at something. If it's meant to be funny, yeah, then... Yeah, I, I get what you mean. But as long as you, you got enjoyment out of it, I mean, that is the main thing. I can, I can well, it understand... Well, it did make me laugh, so I mean, that's an achievement, so there you go. Yeah, exactly. And one thing I say, it's the second best Mortal Kombat movie ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing... For me, on this one, is that it was it was not mentioned at all. Like Matt Striker, literally, like he brings it in, and he's like, "Yeah, we've got this for you now, Karate Man, Ethan Page," and then there's no mention of it after. They well, don't even acknowledge. They don't even be like, "Oh, that was weird," or "Well, that was something." Like, there's just no mention of it. Well, you know, AEW would have done commentary over it, so that's something. <laughs> well, listen, I thought I thought it was funny. Yeah, I, I I don't think it's fair to give this one a rating because it wasn't no. you know it wasn't a match. So I'm not going to rate this one. It was just well, it was a, it, it, it was it another is, murder. Well, it was another murder. He got his heart it, ripped out. Well, yeah, it, it was what it was, and the less said about it, the better, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I thought it, wrestling's funny. Just take it for what it is, isn't it? It's just laughing. It's it. fi- it's a five star for me, mate. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> well, that's it then. <laughs> but if I'm if I'm being honest, yeah, I don't think a rating should be happening because. Even when you look at the Wikipedia page, there's no time on it, and it was like no, three, four yeah, minutes. It says NA, yeah. So it's a segment. It, it's just a segment. It yeah. looked like everybody knows. Everybody knows Ethan Page is brilliant. He was great in the North. He's a great singles guy. Ethan Page would be great no matter where he goes. Absolutely. This isn't going to hinder him. This is just something we can look back on and laugh at. Yeah. But like not at his expense because you know. Again, I'd, like to, I'd, I'd like to see him in AEW. Yeah, I think it'll fit more anywhere, really. Yeah, but with the AEW TNA slash Impact relationship, would he? Well, it doesn't stop it doesn't stop AEW from hiring people, does it? Really? I mean, I guess, but I'm just saying. um, Yeah, I mean, just just uh, another fun fact about that. I'm just I'm just quoting on the Wikipedia page now. It says, uh, "Ethan Page." uh, No, sorry, Karate Man defeated Ethan Page via murder. So (laughs) (laughs) that's his heart and walked up with it. Yeah, so so moving on then, we had a bit of a video package for the build-up between um, the next match, and I'm sure Russ can go into that a bit more. Well, yeah, well, this is where we now get, just before the, the barbed wire massacre, which is up next, we get the payoff to Don Callis's, uh kind of teasing that he's going to kind of make Moose sort of work for them during the main event. So he runs into Moose conveniently backstage, and... You know, he's basically just giving him this whole thing about, look, you're with us for two years. You're a great talent. You've got a hell of a future. You are the future. I'd hate to see you have a hard time. 
but you know I'd hate to see Kenny get injured and da 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 and you know he goes down that route and Moose kind of again cuts a similar kind of promo as like look I've been on teams where I hate people but I'm I'm in it to win it like you know I'm I'm not here to play ball with you I'm here to win and it was funny because Callis tries to kind of cut him off at one point and Moose is like no I'm still talking. So when that when I'm talking, that means you're listening. And I thought that was cool. Again, Moose has got a commanding presence, even against Don Callis. But it was great. The segment ends. Moose makes his position pretty clear. He's like, no, I'm, I'm in this to win and I'm going to do this and I'm going to beat your boys. And then it, the segment just ends with Don Callis just going, shit. To be honest, though, the, um, the thing that stuck out to me the most, and... I might be overthinking it, but the thing that stuck out to me the most out of that segment was when um, Moose said, oh, I'm a TNA champion, and um, I might just go over to Dynamite and take the the uh, AW title off your boy, which yeah. was a really nice thing, because that makes you think like maybe he'll turn up on Dynamite and he might have a match with uh, Omega for the AW title or something sometime down the line, which would be yep. good. Well, like, I must admit, like, that would be a good match. I wanna, whoa, I whoa, 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 hang on. Yeah, wow. Ash, this are you it. hearing this? Yeah, but are I, you hearing yeah, this? Because I've got kind of the same thing, but I'll talk about that more in the match. Yeah. I feel like Jay, I think I think Jay's come round to Moose, Ash. I think so. You know what? If, if you want me to be honest, I, I actually do like him now. <laughs> there you go. Until until he beats Omega. Does that mean we all get to close when we close this this episode out? Do, are all three of us finally going to do a moose? Well, I don't know if I go that far just yet, but <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. Has, Slow and steady steps. Yeah, uh, he, he has he has um, <laughs> he has made me turn, and yeah, I am impressed by his his in ring ability as well. Hard not to be. Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that more in the match. But again, I mean, I kind of liken him. To, in some ways, to a Baron Corbin, where people hate Baron Corbin, but you're meant to because he's a heel. And I know that the argument is, yeah, but it's because he's boring. Like, it's not Moose, Moose proper heel heat. After what I've seen on Hard to Kill, Moose definitely ain't boring. No, no. Moose is not boring. I, I, I do, I just, I like the guy, but he's he's a big, I don't know, the guy just screams main event star to me. Yeah, like I said, I would like to see him have that match with Omega. Yeah, on Dynamite. For definite. I mean, Especially it would, after it what we got in good. that main event. Yeah, absolutely. It would be a good match. Definitely. But yeah, before we before we got to it, this is the semi-main event now, isn't it? And this was uh, the most hardcore match of the night. Obviously, the barbed wire massacre. Yeah. The the, the package kind of shows you sort of how it come together. You know, obviously, Eddie King's... Uh, I, I'm doing hey! it now. Eddie, hey! <laughs> Eddie Edwards. Hey! Eddie Kingston and Sammy Guevara. <laughs> I do it all the time. Eddie <laughs> Edwards and Sammy Callan, they do have a bit of a rich history with each other. And it was just showing, you know, like Sammy Callan doing the hacking and then the alliance with Ken Shamrock uh, when he's kidnapped Eddie Edwards' wife and he's got a, you know, locked behind the that fence and then they're strangling him with barbed wire and stuff. You know, showing that it's quite personal. That, that's kind of what you get with the, the video package. But... Yeah, and then, and then obviously before the match kicks off, you're sort of showing around ringside, aren't you? And you've got all of the sort of devices, like the two boards with barbed wire. There was like a fence panel mm. I was, uh, with barbed wire. I was just, Ring ropes were wrapped in barbed wire on one side. Yeah, I was expecting it to be... Because I, I remember the barbed wire massacre between Abyss and Sabu and how that was all covered in barbed wire. So that's what I was kind of mm. expecting. Yeah, I mean, I've got to agree. Going into it, I thought, it, I thought like the ropes were going to be barbed wire. 
Like, it didn't disappoint me. Like, it was no. a good match for what it was. But, um, yeah, I was sort of a bit disappointed because when you say barbed wire massacre, like, you, you assume like the, all the ropes are going to be barbed wire and that. So, um, yeah, it was just, yeah. It was just a bit strange, but... Matt Stryker likened it to Born to be Wired. Yeah, uh, that was a event bit... with Sabu and Funk. I don't know yeah, if he was allowed... Was, yeah. I don't know if he could say that, because obviously that was ECW and ECW being owned by WWE. I don't know if he was... He, referen- he references ECW on there. I know, I yeah, but... Wrestling's getting to a point now where everybody's just acknowledging each other, and I don't see why, why not. Like, you know, if you're watching one wrestling show, you're probably going to be at least aware of the other ones, even if you haven't watched them. So there's no point treating people like, you know, others don't exist. It's just, that's it doesn't work in this day and age, not in 2021. It's silly. I guess. There's probably a lot that you can say about this one, really. It was good. I liked it because um, I must admit, like, I am liking more of, like, the hardcore death matches recently. I've really yeah. been getting into them. Um, and it was good. It was a good match. It was really good. And I, I like the finish. I like what happened. I like that he used an N64 controller wrapped in barbed wire. Um, it was just, yeah, it was it was a good match. I really enjoyed it. Did the collar and elbow to start the match surprise anybody? A little. Because I, yeah. I was like, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, <laughs> That was did. a bit weird. But Honestly, it did. Well, it did, but it was really good. They showed a respect to each other, which I thought was really cool. Because even though Sammy Callan basically has made it personal and, you know, got his wife, Eddie Edwards' wife involved and everything else, like, they were still respect for each other because of ha- like their rich history. Yeah. And they were calling back on that with certain things and spots in the match as well. Yes, especially when they um, they exchange weapons because um, Eddie Edwards yeah. grabs Callahan's baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire in there. And, uh, Callahan has got the kendo stick wrapped in barbed wire and they sort of trade. As a sort of mutual respect sort of thing. It was yeah. good. Good match. I liked that a lot. One one thing that made me laugh, it was quite early on. You know, when Sammy Callahan first goes into the, the ropes and that, that one of the boards that's propped up in the corner snaps a bit and it yes. falls down. Yeah. And he puts it fo- it falls on him, so he picks it back up and he pulls a bit of a face at Eddie. <laughs> but then when they're doing like another I think it's like uh another Colin Elbow or something, they're 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 locked up doing something. But I just remember <laughs> The board is falling. It's yeah. slipping. And you just see Sammy Callahan looking over it and like really worried, like, oh, where's it going to go? Where's it going? And it's just, it was funny because they just got the shot on his face watching that board fall and he looked genuinely terrified. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this was good. There were yeah. some funny, silly bits in this that make you laugh, but it, it was a re- it was and good fun, this match. I will say again, like on the last weekly roll-up, I said I didn't like Sammy Callahan. But I actually do like Sammy Callahan now. Like again, he's yeah. really, he's really won me over. Like there's a lot of people that I didn't like, but after watching this pay per view, I really do like now. I think the more you watch Impact, the more you like. Pretty much everybody grows on you on on that com- in that company. And now, do you want to see him and Moxley? That'd be good. Yeah, uh, him, him and Mox would be fucking awesome. Yeah. What did you think to the power driver off the top rope onto the barbed wire board being a two count? Um, it was good. It was really good spot. I enjoyed it. And I, I like the way that it wasn't the finish, to be honest. Yeah, there's two sides of it, isn't there? Like, pile drivers in general, maybe always should be a three, but in this day and age, I don't know. I think if you spend, I suppose, in a way, if you do spend too much time trying to call that sort of stuff out, you will end up doing that almost for every big match mm. across any company. But yeah, it, it's a, it was a really cool spot. But then, again, I mean, it, it was something they kind of did throughout the match because they uh, Edwards hits him with the Boston knee party. Good name. And... Yeah, it's a great name, but yeah, with, with a chair, uh, yeah. yeah, barbed wire chair, yeah, yeah. 
and and it was real contact, and he kicked out at one. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. That was that was nice. I I enjoyed that. It made Callahan look kind of like a savage beast. Yeah, which was great, considering obviously he got the L and Edwards did pick up the win. Um, no interference from Shamrock, which is you know what I'd anticipated. Well, but there wasn't. But then I'm an idiot, so the storyline, as far as I was, as far as I knew, was he got suspended, and then. But I was thinking maybe he'd make a return and help out, but obviously it didn't happen. I'm glad he didn't because he didn't need to. I mean, that match carried its own weight. Uh, no, you didn't need any any outside interference or anything like that. And I really, no. I really, really liked the finish as well with uh, Eddie Edwards using the Emerald Flosion. I was going to say that finish. I mean, that was. I think that was probably the perfect finish. Yeah, yeah, I like the finish. It's a big callback from when he was wrestling in Japan, and he. He, Eddie Edwards won his, his one of his matches. It was uh, one of the big matches with the Emerald Flosion. Super Junior, was it? Yeah, or... yeah, Super Juniors, I think it was. So it was it was a nice callback to when he was wrestling in Japan. And especially with and... being on a barbed wire board, on a barbed wire chair. <laughs> yeah. And I think after the match, like Eddie, uh, not Eddie Edwards, um, Sammy Callahan was genuinely stuck to it because I could see him talking to the ref saying, like, my back, my back. Like, he was, he was genuinely stuck to the chair, I think. <laughs> it's crazy. You- Absolutely mad match, and it was fucking awesome. But again, mad props to Stryker and D'Lo Brown on that one, because yeah. again, really putting over that Emerald Flosion and and reminding you just how big of a deal that was. Yeah. Rating wise, what would you say? I'm I'm going to give this one. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong. I'm going to give it a four and a half. I'm going to give it a four point two five, which is the same as I gave for the exhibition. I'm sure. Uh, might have been. Yeah, I'm giving this one a gold, just slightly under uh, the exhibition one. But again, I think this one. I don't yeah, and, know. It, it had everything I wanted out of like a really hardcore match. Yeah, it was great. And for a semi-main event, again, it was a big deal. And yeah, it was uh, it was awesome. Uh, so just before the main event, we had a preview for the next preview Impact has, which is Rebellion. Yeah. Uh, wh- wh- what what date is it then? What it's, date is that? Is, is it, it on then, Russ or Ash? It's April. I know that. April yeah. 24th. April 24th. Okay, then. Yeah. yeah. And, th- and that name, um, that name rings a lot of bells, and I think Ash is going to explain why. <laughs> yeah, it was. A, it does for us. <laughs> it was a UK exclusive pay per view back in two thousand, two thousand one era. Yeah, it was an exclusive UK WWE pay per view. But yeah, Rebellion, yeah. Rebellion. Impact Wrestling's next pay per view, April twenty fourth. It Wait. is going to be good, and it's not a UK exclusive. So, <laughs> bastards. right so moving on to the fucking main event of the evening then here we go this is what the people came for yeah so we have got a six-man tag team match with kenny omega the aew world champion and the good brothers the impact uh tag team champions consisting of uh doc gallows and machine gun carl anderson with don callis of course a used car salesman and they were going up against <laughs> the Impact World Champion, Rich Swan, Chris Sabin, one of the half of the Murder City Machine Guns, and the TNA Heavyweight Champion, Moose. Moose. Oh, my God. Um, now I'm marking out. Jay did it. He did the arm and yeah. everything. Yeah. I did it. I did um, it. First of all, should we just say how many champions are in this match? Yeah, literally, like, Chris Sabin was the only one without a belt. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it, it, it was really good, though. and I mean... I will just mention again, though, obviously, because um, on the ro- ro- weekly roll up last time, we did uh, mention about Tamatonga's podcast. Yeah, Kenny Omega coming out in an actual Bullet Club t shirt. Now, what do you they think? They all have that? Bullet Club. They all. Yeah. So. They have Bullet Club on. Uh, the Good Brothers have Bullet Club on their trousers as well. Hmm. Yeah. Actual Bullet Club and, yeah. and the Bullet the, the BC oh. for Life. Um, I've, I've read something that it's got nothing to do with that. And it's. Cause this is coming from. Um, 
uh, Brian Alvarez and Meltzer. Like, it's nothing to do with Tamatonga. It's just that because they were Bullet Club, they could use it. I guess. I guess. I guess we'll see where it goes in the future. I can see something happening with it, but we'll see. But my my question is why you chose the Halloween one? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's different though, isn't it? You know, um, I saw it and I immediately thought of Jericho calling him a pumpkin uh, pumpkin headed dipshit, and I was like, yeah, oh, yeah it works. Because <laughs> um, like we said, with Chris Bay being in the Super Junior Super J Cup, yeah, there might be a relationship with Impact and uh, New Japan, New Japan yeah. but we'll we'll find out. Well, Stryker, again, I mean, he makes more references to New Japan and Kota Ibushi. Yeah, I He mentions that. at one point during the match about Kota Ibushi now also being a double champion over in New Japan. Like, they, they make reference to it. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well, Stryker, Stryker did do commentary for New Japan. He's done Wrestle Kingdom commentary before, so... yeah. It has got history, so... Because that was the other thing Stryker said, was that he said we should have a big tournament yeah. held in Impact <laughs> with all the world champions from over the world. Well, obviously, if I had a tournament, obviously, Kenny Omega would win it because he's the best champion. <laughs> there he is. Well, come Rumble, we have Goldberg in it. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even go there. Don't even bother going there, son. Because, uh, no. But anyway, get, get, back him, back, match. get, get him back to the match. Um so what do you think then? I mean, I like the I like the way that it opened with like um, the machine guns. It, yeah. it opened with two machine guns. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then you had like you had like Rich Swan and Omega had a little bit, and you had like Moose and uh, Doc Gallows have like a bit of a tussle, and then it sort of all mixed into one. It was really it was a really good match. Don't get me wrong, like it didn't Enjoyed disappoint me at all. And can I just say that shooting star press from Moose? <laughs> Not, well, it was sort of a standing, standing shoot, moonsault, star moonsault wasn't it? thing. Yeah. But oh, it was that really, really um, impressed me, especially because of the size of the guy as well. It, it impressed Matt Stryker as well. He, he yeah. popped. Yeah. Well, that's his I think thing, isn't it? the most impressive feat of the match was that Spanish fly. Oh, oh my hell God, yeah. That was brilliant. That was brilliant, I must say. Yeah. Moose delivers the Spanish fly to Kenny Omega from the top rope, and it was uh, it was picture perfect. I mean, the Spanish was, fly is still a beautiful great. move. Yeah, especially with a guy that size doing it as well. It was bloody impressive. Do you know what my biggest takeaway from this match was? I'd rather see Moose and Omega than Omega Swan. Yeah, I would. Uh, I'll be honest. Yeah, you know what? I'd rather see that. I'd rather see Moose beat Rich Swan for the Impact title and then go on to face Omega. Yeah, that's what I think. That's the way it looks like. With especially with the um, backstage promo with um, Don Callis and Moose, it felt like that's where it's going. I hope mm. so. I really hope so. Got nothing wrong with Swan, but especially it was weird when they said Omega's number one in the world. It was just pretty. I'd say so. Yeah. And we, we, do you think Rich Swan's anywhere near? It's like personally, no. I wouldn't have no, a, I wouldn't no, have, no, not not even close. I know. I know. It's such a shame because it doesn't like. It sounds like we're bashing Rich Swan, but it's like I got nothing against we're not, the guy. But it's. No, he's really talented. He's so good, but it was just... It's just because the level of talent in that match makes it sound like we're bashing Rich Swan, but we're actually not. It's just the fact that he's not on Omega's level. Honestly, he's not. I'm looking forward to a a Rich Swan-Omega match, but to echo what you've both said already, I just think there's more money in Moose versus Omega. Yeah, I agree. I 100% think that Moose should take the title off of Rich Swan and then he should go on to face Omega on one of the um, AEW pay-per-views. I think the first guy from Impact to beat Kenny 
No, not for, we ain't not, beat not, Kenny. not for a champ. Someone's going to have to beat him eventually, though. But uh, yeah, but not from Impact, though. Surely. Yeah, they were. Well, they can't. They can't have Impact constantly lose to AEW. Well, that's it's, that, that's that. You, it just won't happen. That's why yeah, they're, they're not going to have Impact go over their top man, though, are they? Well, they've had AEW go over theirs. It'll have to happen at some point because it'll oh, go to and throw. Well, I don't know. We'll have to see, I think, but I can't. I can't see Omega getting beat by by anyone on oh, Impact. Moose, it's going to be Moose. Oh, unless, unless it's Moose, but I can't. I can't see. I can't see him losing. My biggest problem with the match before the match was it felt one sided. Going in that Omega and the Good Brothers have been too dominant. Yeah, I can see your point, but that made more sense for me because they've been a team previously. Yeah, but if and. That- and, and then you top that with the fact that then Moose was a new addition that they weren't ready for, mm. and they don't trust him. I just think that made sense from but, a... But why did, Why would... If you were an AEW fan, why would you care about an impact? Why would you think... Because it was so predictable that Omega and Good Brothers were going to win. I had no... There was no way that they weren't going to win, for me. Yeah. Yeah, same. And mm. there was no... In, if you had, like, Swan or Saban... A, appear at the last dynamite instead of having Omega uh, beat up Moxie again. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I, I completely agree with you. It, it would have done more for the story. I think I completely agree with you there, Ashley, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, but I think at the moment it's a, it's an impact story and not really an AEW story so much. Well, we'll just have to see to where it goes. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the good True. thing about it. We we never know what's going to happen now. Now with this, with all these cross promotion things, you never know what's going to happen, and that's it's made wrestling even more exciting again, like it was before. And, like when we was kids, it's just yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's it'll be a long build. I just think you just have to to take what it like, just just see it for what it is. If you do it all, if you blow your load too soon, yeah, you got no stamina left, right? So when Impact guys do shop on AEW, because it hasn't happened yet, even though this stuff's already going on, it's going to be more of a shock. But yeah, it will have good. to be when it plays into AEW. For the time being, I think it all works perfectly for what it's doing it's it, it has brought more viewers to impact with kenny being on there and that's that's a good thing for for the business but the win it's just interesting to see where they'll go because obviously omega does pick up the win on rich swan after hitting the one winged angel did uh, rich swan um block the one wing angel better than um most aew people did so that was something yeah, yeah rich swan's there, great yeah. yeah but to me I was going to say to me, he doesn't feel like a world champion. I know that. I know, I'm not saying that because of his size. No, and but I, the, I get again. I completely agree with you again, Ashley. But, I didn't think there'd ever be a, a podcast where I agree with you so much as this one. But <laughs> I actually, yeah, I, I agree with you again. He doesn't. He doesn't seem like a world champion. No, it's nothing against him. It's just that when you've got when you got people like Moose and he had his even, star even, power. even Eric Young when he was champion. I could, yeah, but you needed that face type to go against Omega. So yeah, no, I, I, start, I, I, yeah. I understand what you mean. Yeah, was there anything else that stuck out? I think all of it really. It was it was yeah. just a really good match. But as you said, like the Spanish fly, that was like the highlight. I think of the of the the match for me. Definitely the Spanish fly. Um, one thing that is a little bit annoying is the feed trigger. A little bit annoying. In what way? That he hits it too much. Get my arm. It's a signature. But how, how, how much would you say is too much, though? You hit it like four or five times. That's... It, it is the equivalent of a super kick, I think, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's why it's a little bit annoying. Yeah, but would mm. you say the Bucks hitting those super kicks too much is annoying as well? Yeah, especially if you do it 30 times a match. Well, that's so, the thing I, about I, this I whole... Agree. I agree with the, with the super kick, but I don't agree with the V-trigger. 
But again, because there were so many people in the match, I don't think it, like, it, I think it was fine. Because, I mean, if he was hitting it to the same person five times, then yeah, I would agree. I think he hit but it. But because there he's, was he's hit more swan. people in, then. He's just won like two or three times. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, different strokes for different folks, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing about the business evolving. Like, that's, that's, again, like, that's maybe one of the downsides to it where, you know, big moves aren't really big moves anymore and it isn't, you know. But again, I like the way Kota Ibushi ended the match with Jay White when he used the V-Trigger. Like, it was done. Yeah. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? It could just felt more impactful. But I, yeah. I sort of get what you mean. I yeah. think a big standout moment for me was when Gallows first got in the ring with Moose at the very early going yeah. into the match. Yeah, And they Absolutely. had that sort of big man off, and that yeah. was good. That was really good. More of that down the road, please, also, in wrestling. That I like was fantastic. Mo- going back to Moose, when he did the... Um drop kick in the corner and was hang time yeah yeah my if we ever did one mvp for the whole show is moose for me i would agree with that i think moose more than earned that place tonight and plus you know what i'm going to agree and all i honestly can't imagine this match with alex shelley in now and that's not that's no yeah uh, disservice to alex shelley or or motor city machine guns but i just think moose being also being the kind of self-proclaimed tna heavyweight champion also adds more to that dynamic yeah so it just really worked for me. I just, just felt, I really felt sorry for I just felt sorry for Sabin not having a belt. I just wanted to like give him a belt, even if it was a fake <laughs> one, just so everyone had a title. At least he's a former world champion, I guess. True. <laughs> like, like we said in the predictions, it was predictable, but still, you know, still an enjoyable match. Yeah, yeah just sometimes just because something's easy to predict doesn't mean that it's bad. Yeah, it was a good match. It did. It did live up to the hype. What do you know about predictions? Not a lot on this show, to be honest. <laughs> I've come dead last. So, ratings <laughs> then, boys. What are we giving this main event? Four and a half out of five. My match of the night, personally. Gold from me. Loved it. Great match. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to give it a, a 4.5. Just because, like I said, the X Division was the match of the night. So, I can't score it higher than that. But yeah, it deserves a 4.5. Ah, it was great. Good close to the show, that was. Mm, a really good close. Definitely. Impact Wrestling Pay-Per-View, their first one of the year, goes off air with Kenny Omega, the AW World Champion, and his arm being raised. As a, as a show overall, then, what are we giving the rating as a show overall? Um, I'd give it a 375. I, I, I would, I'd give it a 375 as well, because like I said, there were a, a lot of good, there was a few good matches on there. But as a pay-per-view overall, there was also a few matches that, not bad, but I think didn't push the, the rating up any higher for me. So, yeah, I'll agree with Ash. Give it a 3.75 overall. Uh, you probably laugh, but it's probably a Gilver. A Gilver? It's a Gilver from me. Well, I'm not laughing, so... No. Oh, there you go. You never laugh. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say that probably just about wraps up our review of... Hard to Kill 2021. I'd also like to say uh, it's my second favourite Hard to Kill after the Stephen Seagal movie. Oof. I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's uh, It was not a good night for me. I am currently in last place for predictions for 2021. My clean sheet is over before it even began. So, yeah. <laughs> in first place is Ash in silver... <laughs> Is Jay, yep. and I am sat at Dirty Old Bronze. So we'll see if we can turn that around for the Royal Rumble, which will be our next review. 
That's coming up at the end of the month, so be sure to check that out when we drop that one out, guys and girls. Uh, but yeah, in the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. So once again, we just want to remind everybody, GCW Fight Forever show is airing on the 29th of January on YouTube from the 29th of January until the 30th of January. It starts at 8 p.m. Eastern. You can catch that on YouTube for free. For free. You don't have to spend any money. Zero money spent. And 3114 will be sponsoring the second hour of the show. Uh, The first block, The Wind of God, will be sponsoring hour two. So make sure you check into that. That's it. And we are sharing that block with Grateful Deathmatch. So we're very... Uh, honoured and grateful ourselves to be sharing that no with, pun intended <laughs> with you guys no we're we're in a steam company so that's it's great but yeah be sure to check it out there's more announcements coming um, but if you did want to spend any money then of course you can still do your bit uh, even if you're not looking to be a sponsor you can donate to the wrestlers themselves check out GCW on Twitter Facebook and Instagram and the link is up there on how you can do that it's a really good cause. 100% of proceeds go to the independent wrestlers. And that is what we all love to see. And one more last thing about GCW. Um, in the weekly roll that we mentioned about Nick Gage, uh, a little update, GCW have said that they're going to cover his surgery. So that is fantastic. Which is awesome. Really, really good news. And pretty unsurprising from GCW, to be honest. Because, uh, you know, good company at the end of the day. What can they do? They look after their boys and girls. So 100%. that's what you like. But yeah. Thank you once again, everybody. If you've enjoyed the episode, please make sure that you hit the follow button. That will help us massively, and we would be very, very appreciative if you would do so. so. Yes, and please give us some feedback as well. You can The best place to give us some feedback is Twitter, our Facebook page, or our Instagram page. Yeah, just hit us up with some feedback. Let us know what you thought of us. Let us know what you thought of our episodes. Whether you, whether yeah, whether you dig us or not, <laughs> absolutely. Just uh, yeah, just just hit us up. This was three men one fool. The three men. I've been Jay. I always have been, and I always will be. I'm Ash and Moose, <laughs> and I'm Russ. But yeah, make sure to check us out. Come back for some new episodes dropping very soon. You've got top ten Rumble pay per view matches coming up in the next few days. Also, but yep. until then, everybody, stay safe. Don't try this at home. And we will bid you adieu, and goodbye, and good night. And good moose. Three men, three men. One ball, one ball. I did it, I did it for the people, for the people.